Welcome to this inspirational teaching of Celebration Sisterhood. I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. I know that God has something pretty epic planned. Can you guys help me say hi to the online audience? Give them a big clap and a hello. I just want to say to the online audience real quick, thank you so much for being here and for pursuing Jesus today and uh, putting him first because I believe uh, you online and you sitting in here today, there's a special word for you today. And my prayer is that you leave here ready to impact the world for Jesus. And I, I know I always say that, but it's the truth at the end of the day. If we don't leave here doing that, then we, what are we doing? Um, so I'm really excited. I know God's going to do something great. Yesterday my phone rang and it was Miss Nancy. And she was like, oh, Chaudy, I'm just... I just believe God's got a word for you. And I can just, in my head, I can just see her being like, I'm thankful every day that we have women that actually are here in the room that pray for us and, and that are praying for you and that um, are, are getting this place ready um, to just so that we can just come and receive. So get ready. God's going to do something great. I'm going to shut up now. Let me go ahead and just pray. Put your hand on somebody. You online, put your hand towards me. I'll put my hand towards you and we'll get this party started. Father God, I just come right now and I thank you for this time together, God. Lord, uh, let this revelation be your revelation. Let my words be your words. Lord, I step aside today, Father, and I say, have your way. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Father God, prepare our hearts for your word. Prepare our hearts, Father God. The ground, let it be ready, God, to be just to be planted and fertile, to be able to go out and make you famous. Teach us today how to make you famous. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Every woman in this place says, woo, okay, here we go. If you're one of those ladies that likes to take notes... I'm sorry, because I don't have any notes. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> Crazy laugh. So as I started to study, oh, like, God, what exactly do you want me to say? Because I can, I can talk about anything. I'm, I'm a gold medalist at talking about nonsense. But, Lord, I want you to speak through me today. Lord, what do you want to say to the ladies today? And the Lord immediately took me to a passage in Mark 12. And I, I'm going to read it out of the voice translation. I think they have it for you today. Um, and I wanted to read this to you because you're going to wonder, what, what the heck does it have to do with seeds? Just give me a minute. I'll get there. Um, but my prayer is that as we read this, you'll open up your heart a little bit uh, and, and just kind of think out of the box with me. Can you do that? Awesome. Great. Because we're women. We can do that. We stretch. All right. Does anyone else go home and, put, and call the pants stretchy pants? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Just, I don't know. That came to mind. I always wanted to know. Now I know. Validated. All right. Mark 12, here we go, Pharisees, teacher, we know you are truthful in what you say and that you don't play favorites. You're not worried about what anyone thinks of you. You teach with total honesty what God would have us do. So tell us, is it lawful uh, what we Jews should pay taxes to the Roman emperor or not? Should we give or not? Seeing through their ruse, why do you test me like this? Listen, bring me a coin so that I can look at it. And when they had brought it to him, he asked them a question. Tell me whose picture is on the coin. And whom does this inscription speak? And the guy said, Caesar, of course. Then give to the emperor what belongs to the emperor, and give to God what belongs to God. Now everyone's always talking about like this, this verse, like, pay your taxes. Yeah, sure, pay your taxes. Don't be that person. But that's not what I want to kind of go on to. Everyone's like, oh my God, she's going to talk about money. Oh my God. No, I'm not. Don't worry about it. There was a rabbinical saying back in the time of Jesus that actually said a king will put his image on coins, but the king of kings will put his image on human beings. And see, Jesus knew that. So when he called that guy forward and he took that coin, 
And he said, give to Caesars what's Caesars and give to God what's God's. He meant give yourself to God. You are God's currency to the world. And if you don't understand that your life is truly currency to the world, to be Jesus to the world, then it's awesome that you know you're valued. It's awesome that you have a dream. But when the storms of life come, you won't, you won't be able to handle it. See, what happens is, is God gives us this seed, God gives us this coin, and he imprints his name on it. And he says, that's mine. She's awesome. She belongs to me. That's my daughter. And what happens is sometimes we have an agenda, and what we do is we put it in our pocket. I talked about that last week. But see, what, what I really want you to understand before we leave here today is that the real call for that coin is to be sacrificed. You know, I said this, I've said this before, and I always say it. It seems like a massive theme, and anytime I'm talking to people, but it, it, it always comes back to the same thing. Sacrifice everything. Surrender everything. Because if you're not surrendered to the call of Jesus Christ, then the minute you take a step forward out of the boat, you'll sink. Because you're going to be focused on where you're at in life instead of who gave you life. It's okay, my phone's on too, don't worry about it. Sorry. (laughs) The problem of being a quick-witted person is that immediately it's like, squirrel, you know? Nobody? Okay. (laughs) The person online is like, what's going on? Someone's phone went off, and I'm ridiculous, and I had to make a comment, so I apologize. I'm going to ask you today, who is imprinted on your coin? Who have you let imprint on your coin? Did someone go, hey, I I see what you're doing there, and you let them say, okay, depressed, broken, divorced, barren? Or did you let God say beautiful, called, chosen, entrusted? At the end, oh yeah, sure, give God a hand. That's always weird. I never know when to... It's a big deal when who you let invest into your dream. You know, we've been preaching out of Luke 8, okay? Can I give you big picture? Don't get freaked out. I'm just a woman who loves big picture. I'm the one that wrestles with God when God's like, I need you to do this. And I'm like, Lord, I, I need to know the why behind that. That's adorbs. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. She's busy. That's adorbs. And then we just wrestle back and forth. It's about a 15-minute conversation until finally I'm like, fine. So wrestle with God about it. I'm like, Lord, what do you want to do? Okay, big picture. Luke 8. Are you ready for this? In Luke 8, it actually starts where they're talking about all the epic women that run with Jesus. Like epic women. Epic, epic, epic. I actually wanted to read this today. I did not read it last night. But when I read it today, I almost ran around my office. Listen, it says, it's not up there. Don't worry about it. Just listen. Okay, so uh, he was accompanied by a group called the Twelve and also by a group including women who had been rescued from evil spirits, healed by diseases. Uh, There was Mary Magdalene, who had been released from seven demons. There was also Susanna and Joanna, who were married to a guy whose name I can't pronounce. And he was a steward of King Herod. And there, there there were so many more. Ready? This is the part that made me literally just like. These women played an important role in Jesus' ministry, using their wealth to provide for him what, what others couldn't and for his companions. Because of what they sowed into, because they allowed God to be the imprint on their coin, you're sitting here today. Come on. Do not belittle the things that you're doing for God. Do not think that it's in vain. Because let me tell you something. That lady was married to a guy in Herod's, in Herod's crew. That guy was gross. 
He did a lot of really jacked up things. I'm sure there were moments in her life where she was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, Susanna and Joanna, I'm like, I don't know who they are. But because they invested in Jesus' ministry, I get to stand here today and talk about Jesus. Who's imprinted on your coin? And have you sacrificed your coin? Because as we get through that story, it talks about the awesome women that Jesus, because Jesus was a radical valuer of women. Pastor Kerry said it best. But then it talks about the parable of the sowers, which we've been talking about. And God's been asking you to sow well. I've given you this coin, sow well. And last night I was like, Lord, how do you sow well? By, by sacrificing everything. This woman came up to me after service. She says, Chadi, that's great that you're telling everybody to sacrifice everything, but I don't even know what my dream is, so what do I sacrifice? Sacrifice yourself, like Jesus did on the cross. Jesus wasn't a running around going, my dream is my ministry. No, his end-all, be-all was the cross. His focus was humanity and breaking the chains so that we could be free. Don't get stuck on you don't know what your gifting is and you don't know what your dream is and you don't know what God's trying to do with you. Just sacrifice your life because as Pastor Linda said to me the other day, Chadi, revelation is only given to the obedient. And if you're not obedient to sacrifice your life, how can he entrust you with currency? My mom wasn't just going to write me a check. I would have been like, going to Old Navy, going to the Gap, let's do it. No, I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to learn what to do with my money. I had to learn how to budget. I had to learn how to be a good steward of the things that God had given me. If you're not a good steward with your life, how can God be, give you a dream to steward? Be a good steward with your husband. Be a good steward with your kids. Be a good steward with your job that you might hate. Because let me tell you, I've had a lot of jobs that I hated. That I'd put my feet up and read people.com. Had horrible work ethic as a kid. I did, it's the truth. But you want to know something? I look back on those jobs now, and I sit, I sit in my office and I go, oh, I see why you did that. I see why you wanted me to learn how to file things. I see why you wanted me to learn how to put PowerPoints together. I see why you made me do chapel every Sunday and every Friday for four years. Because now I can pull up a pro presenter like this fast. Because I can, I can write a sermon this fast. I already know how, I know how to hear the Holy Spirit because he was preparing me in those seasons. Don't look at the season that you're in and the coin that you have and go, God, this is not really good right now. The dollar's not, dollar's not doing too good. My coin's not doing too good. It's priceless. He gave it to you. God has something specifically planned for your life. I encourage you, sacrifice it. Amen? So at, we follow it along, and God's telling us to sow well. Sow well, okay? But right after in Luke 8... We come up on the storm. And my friends, we talked last week, and we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about the different stages of life that you're in, whether you're in the seed stage, whether you're in the dormant stage, whether you're in the sapling stage, horrible word, still adding it to our list, flourishing stage. Let me tell you something. If you don't know that the seed stage is actually meant for an invitation for you to surrender, if you don't realize that the seed stage is that discovery stage that you're not supposed to build a tent in, but you're supposed to move through. Discovery, don't stay there. Deployment is the goal. Development's the answer to your journey. Amen? If you don't know that the first stage you're supposed to surrender, in the second stage, in the dormant stage, not to get restless, but be still and know that he is God. 
Because let me tell you something, if you don't know how to surrender and you don't know how to be still, by the time you get into that sapling stage, you won't realize you're there to pursue wisdom in the sapling stage. Remember we talked about our roots, getting our roots down. People are more, people are more worried about the fruit than they're worried about the roots, but you're actually in that season to pursue wisdom, to be under the covering of other trees. Pursue wisdom. Be still. Surrender. Because once we get to the flourishing stage, my friends, it means to revive and bring rest. And if you're, you can't bring revive and rest if you yourself are completely submitted to the things of God. Surrendered. Still. You've embraced the process. It's one thing to embrace the process, and it's another thing to really be sacrificed to the process. Because Pastor Linda, she'll give me a to-do list, right? One of the first oversights we ever had, we have these oversight meetings here at Celebration Church, and what they do is our, our direct report will sit down with us and be like, how are things going? These are the things I see. Really awesome, it's like really great feedback, lots of open, you know. And it's Pastor Linda, she's my bestie, so it's a, there's a lot of fun conversation. So one of the first things she said to me was, Chadi, I need you to be more people-focused. And I was like, sorry, write that down. She's like, I need you to read through your emails. I need you to be thorough with everything you do. I have a, t- I have a tendency to like glance over things. Anybody else do that? Like one time I threw away this thing that was kind of really expensive. Whatever, no big deal. So I have a tendency of just kind of going boom, 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 boom. I'm a, I'm a task-driven person. So she gives me this list. And the things on the list are not things that you can check off. They're things that you've got to fix here. Sometimes God will give you a task list, but you don't really glance over it. You're like, Lord, I'll check that one out later. And really he's going, no, 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 stop. I need you to focus on me because I need you to bring rest to others. So here we go. We're sowing well. We understand surrender, being still, pursuing wisdom. We understand that our lives are meant to revive and bring rest. But in Luke 8, we get to the storm. <sighs> Anybody ever gone through a storm? Anybody ever gone through a storm when you thought everything was awesome and God had just given you, like, something awesome? Story of my life. Story of my life. Oh, my God, I get, I get to work at sisterhood. Amazing. Dream come true. I literally told Pastor Carrie, she was like, what's your dream job? I was like, dude, first of all, I love you. And I'll be your assistant for 120 years. But I'd love if somehow I could still, like, be involved in sisterhood. She was like, sweet. Dream without duct tape. I said, do it. Sweet. I don't know what that means, but okay. Wrote it down. And I find myself, two months later, she has literally kicked me out of her office and I'm in sisterhood. Because, you know, that's what moms do. They kick us out of the nest. Moms. Don't enable people. I'll never forget the day that she looked dead at me. She said, Chadi, if you're my assistant for 25 years, I failed you. And I was like, but I love you. I'll follow you into the dark until it gets dark. And um, too soon? <laughs> too soon. Anyone ever done that? Lord, I'll follow you into the dark, and then it gets dark, and you're like, oh, nope, nope, nope. See, that's what happens a lot of times with our dreams. We're like, here, Lord, we sacrificed it. Oh, my God, here comes the storm. And then we take off. Just kidding. Pocket, pocket. He's like, no, 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 no. You already gave that to me. Well, okay, well, I'm running anyway. You can have it. I don't need it. But God has given you this dream. You're going to leave this place, and God has really instilled something epic the last couple of weeks. I don't want you to get lost or weary doing good because the storm. My friends, it's promised. It's going to come. We live in a poopy world, and bad stuff happens to good people. I don't want you to focus on the waves, to focus on the ugly. I want you to focus on Jesus because we're surrendered and we're still. Amen?
I'm going to read this. It's in Luke 8, which starts in verse 22. One day, Jesus and his disciples get into a boat. Okay, I don't know about you ladies. You might be people who like boats. I'm a Cuban. We don't do boats. So let me just go ahead and let you know, from the beginning of this, I would not have got in the boat. So there are women sitting in this room where God's going, hey, I'm calling you out. And you'd be like, oh, no, I didn't know it was going to be a water thing. I'm not prepared for that. I'm not dressed for that. That's my ongoing thing. You know, I, I used to be a lot heavier than what I am now. And so my husband would be like, let's go. Let's go to the beach. Or let's go. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm going to be sweating the whole time. That's not happening. That's adorable. Is it how hot it is? No, no. It's over 60. We're not going outside. Like, I, I do that. Like, I have this conversation with God where he's like, all right, Chadi, get in the boat. And I'm like, oh, no, we don't do boats. Lord, you know this. Oh, remember that one time I got knocked unconscious in a canoe? You remember that, right? That really happened. And I woke up to a guy trying to give me CPR with no teeth. Like, it was the worst thing of my life. I have a little tiny scar under my eye to prove it. I don't do boats. And some of you, God's telling you to get in the boat and you're going, God, you don't remember that one time I tried to get in the boat and I fell? Hey, God, you remember that one time you told me to do something and I did and it didn't turn out the way that you wanted. And so what I did is I got in the other boat and I went all the way back. Okay. So they push off from the shore. Mind you, Jesus has just said, let's cross the lake. Let's cross a lake that's actually a storm magnet, by the way. He tells them to get in a boat and get, go across a lake that everybody knows that it's a storm magnet. Guys, life is a storm magnet. Now, my storm might not look like your storm. Yours might be an earthquake. Mine might be a tornado. But we still need to be prepared for the storm. We still need to have faith and be surrendered in the storm. Because if you're still in your life, if you know, Lord, I'm going to be still and know that you're God when there's no waves, when the waves come, you're still still because the inner part of you is still. That's, Pastor, was it, what did you say to me one time? What is lordship of your life will actually, um, it will like control your emotions? What is lordship of your life? Because mine, imprinted on mine, is Jesus Christ. And I've already gone, boop, you can have it, sacrifice everything. So that God, when the, things get ugly, and things get ugly, and you, I've stepped into my dream, and everything's not what I thought, I still get in the boat, because my, sto- my soul is still. He says, get in the boat. So they push off from the shore, and they begin sailing to the far side. As they progress across the lake, Jesus falls asleep. Anyone ever felt like Jesus decided to take a nap right when he told you to get in the boat? Does anybody ever feel like that? Because I feel like that a whole lot. Hey, Chadi, I'm going to need you to go into sisterhood. Boom. Lord, where are you? Oh, you remember when I told you that I was going to need you to just really rely on me? You're good. You're in the boat with me. I'm like, no, 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 but I don't know how to do this. Yeah, I didn't ask you to do it. I asked you to be surrendered. You might have a dream today, but God's not asking you to wield it. He's asking you to surrender it. I've said this before. Fruit is only on the other side of surrender. And surrender is not something that you do one time. It's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. So here we go. He's told us to cross the boat. Soon a raging storm blows in. The waves crash over the side of the boats, and the boat starts filling up with water. Every second the situation becomes more dangerous. You know, at this time, the disciples had been observers of Jesus' miracles. And this is the time where Jesus is like, now you're going to play a part in the miracle. 
You guys have been observers for the last couple weeks. Now it's your turn. It's your turn to go out to your jobs, to go out to your families with your coin, sacrificed. And go, okay, God, whatever happens, so be it. Because my heart is still. And my heart is surrendered. But the disciples didn't do that. The disciples panicked. I don't know about you, but I tend to sleep through a storm. People would be like, it rained outside. I'd be like, I slept right through that. If it's raining, I'm like, Netflix day. Let's stay in our gushy pants. Let's open up the doors. Let's just, let's just enjoy the day. But why is it when the storms of life come, do we panic? When really storms are refreshing, they bring peace. Peace like a river. Have you ever seen a river? It's crazy. People are like, oh, let's go tubing down a river. I'm like, there's spiders there. I have no desire to go down the river. But yet, have you ever met these people that are like, I just can't wait to get on the water. I just, good for you. Pastor Soval is like, I just, I just, you know, get out of the boat, dude. Get out of the boat. There are so many people that find peace in that. There's got to be something to that. Because let me tell you something. I, the, mo- the most epic thing I ever did, my uncle actually paid all of us to go to, um, go, to go snorkeling, right? I was 19 years old. I jumped in the water. I was so frightened. I was with 25 other cousins. I thought, you know what? It's 1 to 25. One of us is going to get eaten by a shark. It's probably not going to be me. I'm wearing all black. It's fine. But you know I was the only one that swam into a school of jellyfish? I'm not kidding. No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. S- like swam into it and then kept swimming through it. And so I get back to the boat, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. But you want to know for those five minutes, that was the coolest moment of my life. In the middle of the ocean, it was the most beautiful thing. I mean, it was gorgeous in the Keys, complete blue water out in the middle of the ocean. And you want to know what I remember about the story? Getting stung by the jellyfish instead of remembering that that was the most epic moment ever. Sometimes the storms of life come, and we only remember the bad, but we don't remember what God did in them. We don't remember what God did through us in them. We don't, know, remember, we don't remember what other people saw. And let me tell you something. If you're in a storm right now, everyone's watching. Everyone's watching to see how you're going to react, how your kids, your kids are watching how you're going to react. I can't tell you how many times in my life I reacted the way my dad reacted to things or the way my mom reacted to things. Whether it was good or whether it was bad, that was my visual. Are you firm in the storm? Because let me tell you something. After the storm, there's a, in the story right there in Luke 8, there's a demoniac, a woman with the issue of blood, and a young girl who's died. Healing, freedom, the next generation. If you don't know how to go through a storm, you cannot bring healing or freedom to any generation. And that's what I need you to understand today. Sacrifice everything. Be still and know that he's God because the storms are coming. We're going to keep going. The disciples shake Jesus awake. Master, master, we are going to die. Jesus wakes up and tells the wind to stop. Whipping them around, he tells the furious waves to calm down. And they do just that. Because Jesus is in the boat. Jesus, the one who said, give me your hand on this. Give me your hand. Boom. Healed. That guy is in the boat. I, a, couple, a couple stories later, they do the, the feeding of the 5,000, and then they get in the, another boat, and Jesus walks on water, and they freak out. I'm like, he just fed over 5,000 people. Like, was like, give thanks, boom, 12 baskets of leftovers, and it's in the boat. Why do we forget what God's already done in the storm? 
Why do we forget that at times where things start looking gray, that God's already healed you of cancer, God's already saved your marriage, God's already brought restoration with family members that you might not? Why do we forget that God's already done that? Because let me tell you something. I'm, I, I ran into a little bit of a health crisis when I came into sisterhood, and I didn't know what to do when I started to panic, and God's like, oh, do I need to remind you that I healed you of cancer when you were 26? This is not even that. This, is, this could be fi- fi- fixed with one tiny thing. Remember that one? Remember when you walked into the doctor's office and they said, look, I'm not allowed to tell you this, but I don't know why everything has disappeared. That's my God, but yet I forgot in the little tiny boat what God did. Some of you need to remind yourself how far God's brought you. Some of you need to remind yourself that God has brought you this far because you used to be a seed and now you're a tree. Come on. Do you know in the, sto- in the parallel story in Mark, they, Jesus was actually already in the boat. So he's like, he invites them into the boat. But there's actually other boats following them. Those boats didn't make it. Luke doesn't even, res- doesn't even talk about them in the story. But Mark did. You want to know the difference between getting through a storm? Is Jesus in your boat? Or did you say, no, I got this one. I got that seed. Boop, pocketed. Because Jesus wasn't in the boat with Jonah, and we all know what happened with him. They threw him over the boat. You think those friends of yours that are running rampant with your seed and running around with your currency, you know what they'll do? Throw you over a boat. When you are no longer helpful to the people that are literally sucking life out of you, you will be thrown over a boat, and you'll be wishing that you had Jesus in your boat. But the only boat that got across that storm that day was the one that Jesus said, hey, get in the boat with me. I love that he goes, where's your faith? And in Mark, he was like, what are you fearing? Fear not. What, it, what kind of fear of your dream, the thing that God has put inside of you? What kind, what, have you let fear creep in? You want to know when fear can creep in? When you have actually not surrendered your heart to God because it can't creep in up there. I don't even have that, Lord. I don't know. You know, um... I really don't like spiders. Like, I say this a lot. Like, I really don't, though. I was driving one time, and there was a, a, a tiny little spider. I always tell people it was a lot bigger. It was not as little. So it, it's, cr- it's crawling on my windshield, and then it disappeared. So I hit the car in front of me, because at this point, I've let go of the car and my phone and everything, and I hit a brand-new car in front of me, and I go flying. I literally jumped out of the car at the red light. There's a cop on the other side. Watch the whole thing happen. And he was like, why did you do that? I was like, I saw a spider. He goes, well, where did it go? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it didn't get in the car, though. Y'all are freaking out for no reason. Because it's not even, can't penetrate you. It has no authority over you. The only storm that you can sleep through is a storm that you have authority over. Some of you need to remember and look at that storm and go, you're not even in here. I'm so on a different planet than you, Storm. Because I know who's in my boat. I know who told me to get in my boat. And anytime I call his name, he'll wake up. He woke up. He didn't wake up and go, you guys suck. I'm going back to bed. He woke up and he commanded the storm to stop. Commanded it to the point they were like, who is this dude that is commanding storms to stop? I know who he is. He's the king of kings. He's the one that died on the cross for my sins. He's the one that made the universe. I want to encourage you today. 
your end-all, be-all is not the storm. You want to know why Jesus could sleep through that storm? Because he knew the cross was where he was going. Heaven is where you're going. So whether you don't get your healing on this side or the next, you're still healed. Whether you don't see them to this side or the next, guess what? God still will have his way. Your end-all, be-all is not the storm. It's not the storm. Don't get stuck in the storm because the minute they land, there are people that need freedom and healing. And like those women that ministered with Jesus, they were doing it for the next generation. And guess what? We're here. We're here. I'm going to pray real quick. But before I pray, I'm going to ask Pastor Linda to come up. She's going to explain a couple things before we go into table time. But I just want to encourage you online before we end and just let you know that God sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. And don't let the storms of life be what you focus on. Focus on Jesus. Thank you so much for being with us. Guys, let's go ahead and just pray and close this, and I'll let Pastor Linda come up. Father God, I just come to you, and I thank you for this time together. I thank you, God, that you are the God uh, in the good and the bad and the ugly. God, teach us how to surrender. Teach us how to be still. Teach us, God, to pursue you and pursue wisdom so that we can bring rest and revive others. I thank you for this time together. I thank you for this series. I thank you for our church and Pastor Kerry, God, and for an opportunity to praise you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Thank you for listening to Celebration Sisterhood. We hope this message has been an inspiration and opened your heart to embracing all that God has for you. Amen.